We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would just resurrect that which you put in me, that you downloaded into my spirit. Bring all things to my remembrance. And, Father, we surrender all to you, and we thank you now. Be glorified in all that we say and all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Revelations chapter number 7, and we're going to verse number 1. Revelations chapter 7, and we're going to pick up on verse number 1. Verse number 1. Can we have that, please, sir, on the screen? Revelations chapter 7, verse number 1. And verse number 1 says, And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Now, when the Lord um, dropped in my spirit, he dropped um, the winds of God, the winds, W-I-N-D-S, the winds of God. And when he dropped that in my spirit while I was praying, I immediately stopped and began to ask God questions. And, and I asked him, I said, well, show me in Scripture, Lord, what are you talking about? And so the first place he takes me to is the first verse in chapter number 7. And it talks about, after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners. Now, the four corners is the north, east, south, and west. And it talks about holding or restraining the four winds. And it was something was about to take place on earth, but first he had to hold back the winds. And here it is referring to God's judgment that was about to happen, God's judgment. So he has these angels there, and it talks about the four corners, and then it goes on, and it talks about holding the four winds, which would be the judgment of God. And then the Lord says, now, Brenda, I want you to go, and y'all travel with me. Let's go to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter number 7, verse number 2. Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 7, and we're going to look at Daniel chapter number 2. I'm sorry, Daniel chapter number 7, verse number 2, verse number 2, Daniel Chapter number seven, verse number two. Because you see, God, there's so much happening now in, the, in our world, and we want to make sure we know what's going on. We want to make sure. So if you would pull up Daniel chapter seven, verse number, number two. Now, Daniel uh, chapter seven, verse number two says, Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the what? Four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. Now, let's, let's kind of dissect this, this verse here now, because we remember now, we're talking about the four winds of God. One of the things we want to look at is that word strove there in that second verse of Daniel. It says uh, the heavens strove upon the great sea. Now that word strove there means there was a conflict, a conflict between the heavens and the sea. Now the sea represents the people, the nation. So there is a conflict now between heaven and earth. And the people, earth represented the people that's on the planet. There was a, a, a conflict. And not only was it a, a conflict, but there was an internal conflict among nations. And there were nations that was in the midst of a revolution. Now, when we think about what a revolution is, a revolution is a forcible overthrow of a government 
of a social order in favor of a new system. Now, we're kind of seeing that going on right now, right? So there's a revolution that's going on right now in the world. And there's, uh, a, there is a, a tip of an overthrow of a government in order to establish the things that they want to set up. They want to set up a new system, okay? So, so, and, but God is not pleased with what's going on. He's not pleased at all. So there is, that, sometimes when we, we, we can move the hand of God in such a way that um, heavens will become angry, and then God will begin to move and do things here upon the earth. Right now we're seeing things happening that we've never seen before. But we have to question ourselves to see why is all of this happening? Why is all of these things happening, these unusual things that are happening? Now, he talks about, in, in that verse, he, talk, he, he gives Daniel a, a, a vision. And he sees, he's amazed at what he sees, these four winds. Now, we will, when we get to near the end, we we're going to talk about these four winds. And he, he, he realizes and he sees that there's a conflict going on between the heavens and the earth. Now, walk with me once again to the book of Jeremiah. Now, stay close with me. Amen. Jeremiah chapter number 49, because we're dealing with these, these four winds. Jeremiah chapter 49, hmm, chapter 49, and we're going to begin at verse number 36. Are we there? Jeremiah chapter number 49. And we're going to begin looking at verse number 36. I'm going to share some things with you. You know, a lot of times when we study the Bible, we don't always look up everything that's there, okay? But it's, you're going to be amazed at the things that we're going to discover today. Now, in that verse number 36, it says, And upon Elam will I bring the four winds from the four, corners, four quarters of heaven. Remember now, the four winds is the north, east, south, and west. And we'll scatter them toward all of these winds. And there shall be no nation whether the outcast of Elam shall not come. Words that's, that's important for us to remember is the first thing is that word Elam. Now, that word Elam there in our modern day understanding, it means Iran. That word Elam there, when you, when you look up that name and see what it referenced to in our modern day uh, terminology, who it actually is in our modern day world, that word Elam there means Iran, that that's the country of it now. Its name is Iran. We all know about Iran, right? Now, Iran is an enemy to Israel, okay? Iran is an enemy to Israel. The Hebrew meaning for that name is forever or eternal, which means there's no ending. When you look at verse number 36, it talks about in the latter part of verse number 36, it says there shall be no nation whither the outcast of Elam shall not come, the outcast of, of, of Iran. Now, you've got to understand what's happening is the scattering of the people of God. Because as the people of God has been scattered all over the world, when the, prior to the end coming, in the end time, those people that's been scattered all over the world, God is going to begin to bring them back. That's an indicator we're much nearer to the end of time. Okay? There are indicators. See, that's why it's so important to, to dive into the Bible and rest there for a little while. Amen? Got to learn to rest there a little while. Now, looking at verse number 37, because it says they are, they are outcasts. Now, verse number 37 in Jeremiah, chapter number 49, it says, this is God is speaking. He says, for I will cause Elam, Iran, to be dismayed before their enemies and before them that seek their life. And I will bring evil upon them, even my fierce anger, saith the Lord. And I will send the sword after them till I have consumed them. 
See, there's, there's a conflict going on here. Now, with verse number 38 uh, in Jeremiah 49, it says, And I will set my throne in Elam, Iran, and will destroy from thence the king and the princesses, saith the Lord. Reading verse number 39 as well, it says, But it shall come to pass in the, it says, latter day. It shall come to pass in the latter day that I will bring again the captivity of Elam, saith the Lord. Now, what does all that mean? That means of this, in this particular verse here, this, the scattering of the people of God, which is the modern-day Iran, that they're going to be scattered, okay? And the reason why they're scattered is because they have been disobedient to God. There are many others that, that that's God is scattering through, has already scattered throughout this earth, but there's going to come a time. We're talking about that remnant, okay? The, that, that small handful that God is going to return back. Now, what you see now, what they call Israel, are not true Israelites. <laughs> you know, we have to discover who the true Israelites are. When I begin to show you about the countries where they actually came from, you will be surprised. Do you not know you, you, you know, you are Israelites? You, you, you don't have to go and live in Israel. <laughs> you don't have to do that. You are Israelites. Amen. You, you have to know who you are. You have to know who your heritage is because there's a reason why there's always a kill off of a set group of people. You just have to know who you are. So here he's saying that he is going to scatter them, and then he says that remnant in the latter days, he's going to bring them back again. He's going to bring them back. And the Lord is going to set up, he's going to set up his throne. You know, all the, all the places where he's supposed to be, there's, there's going to be a, a throne where the Lord is going to set up. Amen. Now, keep walking with me now. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number 11. Isaiah chapter number 11. Isaiah chapter number 11. Now we're going to see who are some of these other descendants of the Jews who they actually are. Um, that The Bible has listed. I'm sure there are more, but we, we, we're going to see. Amen. I mean, is this kind of boring to you? Oh, well, it can be interesting to you if you if you love the Word of God. Amen. If you love the Word and you want to know what's going to happen in the end time and where, where some of the uh, indicators are. Because, you know, that a lot of times people say, well, I, we need to know. We need to know. And we only know are certain things. Uh, but we need to really dive into the Word of God and see what the Lord has to say. Now, Isaiah chapter number 11. Just want to teach you. Isaiah chapter number 11, beginning at verse Number 11. Are we there? Verse number 11, Isaiah chapter number 11. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day. That day is meaning the time preceding the end times. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the who? The remnant of his people. Come on, those people that's been scattered. That, 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 that. See, you know, in the end days, it's only going to be a small amount. It's going to be a remnant left. Okay? And then he says this. He says, which shall be left? And he gives a list of names from Assyria, from Egypt, Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath. And then it says, and from the islands of the sea. Now, let's see who of some of these descendants of the Jews are, what he's actually talking about here. And we're going to find out what the modern-day people are. When he talks about Assyria, the, pre- the present-day or the modern-day name for Assyria is Iraq. Okay? Now, it also means uh the present-day Syria, Kuwait, and Turkey. And the meaning of their names mean warlike. When you think about these nations that's, that, that's now, Iraq, Kuwait, Turkey, Syria, 
And, 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 and the meaning of the, their names in the spiritual sense, it means warlike. Do they not have a warlike spirit? Because they're always fighting, right? <laughs> they're always fighting. They're, they are always fighting. Now, okay, remember now, these are the, some of the descendants of, of, of nations, some of the descendants of the Jews. And you need to know that because we're going to walk on down this trail in just a moment. Now, the next word it says is t- country it calls out, it calls out Egypt. Now, the modern-day Egypt is Africa, Sudan. Think about, when I call out these nations, think about, remember now, these are descendants of Jews, and they're being scattered all over the world, okay? Besides what somebody else may tell you, you need to know the truth. You need to know, you need to know the truth, okay? Okay? It says, Egypt is referenced to modern-day Africa, Sudan, and and Dick, the, the 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 spiritual meaning here of Africa and Sudan and Egypt, it says it's the land of bondage, enslavement to desires, emotions, materialism, control, power, and the ego. Is that not interesting? That. When we begin to think about Africa and Sudan and all those nations in, in that area, what the action means, bondage, bondage. It's a land of bondage. When you think about uh, 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 people from Africa and people from Sudan and those type countries, they're in a land of bondage. They don't have enough food. You think about their living quarters. It, enslavement. And you let your mind go further back. You'll understand about the enslavement. And then it says enslavement to their desires. Are we caught up in our desires? Are we enslaved to our own desires? See, it's it's, it's interesting. Our emotions. And you know, a lot of us love materialism, right? And what I don't understand, we get so caught up in having stuff. But the, the word of God says life is not in the abundance of things. But we, we, get, we, we become so enslaved in having stuff, that things that are temporal, things that are going to fade away. It's going, all that stuff is going back to the dust. What's that song about, about the dust? Something about the dust? You know what I'm talking about? All that stuff is going, it's going back to the dust. And, and we do all that. Even we ourselves are going back to the dust. And so nobody can put themselves above anyone because we all came from the dust. You know, it's, it's amazing how we can set people in categories, that we are better than them and we are better than them. But when we look at the true picture, we all are dust. That's who we are. Don't matter what you have. Don't care what you drive. Don't, it doesn't matter how much money you got, it still does. You still dust. When at the end of the game, when life is over, you still dust. You're going back to dust. Our foundation is the dust. That's what the word of God says. But we get so caught up in this flesh here, taking care of this flesh. <laughs> but it's just dust. See, our mind won't take us there that let us know that. It's just, we are just dust. And, 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 and the beauty of it is God breathed his, his breath into us and gave us life. But when he removes his breath, then we're going back to the dust. That, that's how, how that is. Amen. And then the next thing is talking to the word pathro. Now, pathro means the upper Egypt. It means a mouthful of dough or a persuasion of ruins. And then when you get down to the next word, the next nation here is called Cush. Now, Cush means Ethiopian, and the meaning of that means blackness. That's why they had a problem with Moses when he married the Ethiopian woman. But when we really get to, get to the point of really discovering what's in the Word of God, there's something going on there about Moses that we have never really discovered who he really is. He's not who we think he is. He's not the nationality we think he is. That's why it's important that we go down into the book, the word of God, and then 
sit before the Lord and study, not read, but study. And study takes time. Studying takes time, okay? Now, this might be a little bit boring for you, but, but you need this. Now, the next one, of course, we've already dealt with Elam, Elam which means uh, our modern-day uh, Iran. Uh, the meaning is forever or eternal. Now, the next nation is Shinar, which is a uh, Mesopotamian. The modern-day name is Mesopotamian, but it also means the modern-day, get this, I was shocked when I, when I found it out. China. Mm-hmm. The meaning of Shana, which is our modern day Mesopotamia or China, means watch for him that sleeps. Watch for him that sleeps. China is a sleeping giant. Don't fool yourself. It's a sleeping giant. That's what the that's what the spiritual meaning of that is means sleeping giant. And then we talk about uh, Hamath, which is west of Syria or northern Lebanon, and it means anger, heat, and also it means a wall. So all of these nations are descendants of the Jews. See, because we look at them and think they're one way, that's not necessarily true. In the very beginning, it was not, not so. When the scattering took place and God's going to begin to bring people back from all over the world, okay? Stay with me. Stay with me. Now, the next place we want to go to is Matthew's chapter number 24. Because remember now, we're dealing with the winds of God. We're dealing with the winds of God. St. Matthew's chapter number 24 and looking at verse number 31. We're dealing with the winds of God. The winds of God. The winds of God. Matthew 24 and verse number 31. I was, are you all there? It's on the screen, okay? It says in verse number 31, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the where? The four winds. The four winds symbolic north, east, south, and west. We're going to explain that in a little bit. Okay? So God is going to send his angels. There's going to be a sound of a great trumpet. And they shall gather his elect from, that means they're scattered everywhere, from the four winds, from one end of the earth to the other. That remnant is scattered all over the world. God's elect. So I don't know why people think that, you know, because of it's their church is the only elect. Come on, y'all. Please, get over it and get over yourself. Okay? I mean, the elect is scattered all over the world. You, you ain't the only one. <laughs> but we, we, we get ourselves confused. But he has scattered his people all over the world, the north, the east, the south, and the west. And that's going to come a time when that sound, and see, you've got to be able to hear the, that trumpet sound. You've got to be able to hear that heavenly sound when it's blown. You'll know, okay, it's time for us to go back home. And, and then he's bringing them all back together. They go, there's a designated point to where they all are going to be assembling themselves. Now, let's deal with these winds, okay? I tell you, we're going to get to the winds. Let's deal with the winds. The four winds of God. Now, the first wind we want to deal with is the north wind. Let's go now to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 25. Dealing with the north wind. Proverbs chapter number 25. Proverbs chapter number 25. And we're going to begin at verse number 23. Verse number 23. All right, we're dealing with, we're dealing with the four winds and their purpose, the four winds. Looking at Proverbs chapter number 25, verse number 23. Are we there? Are we there? Okay. You got it on the screen. All right. Now, verse number 25 Verse number 23, it says, the north wind. Remember now, he talked about the, the winds. 
We're talking about the winds of God. We're going to deal with the north wind. It says, the north wind driveth away rain, so doeth an angry countenance a backbiter tongue. Now, we're going to focus on that A clause. The north wind driveth away rain. Now, when you look at that word driveth, it does not mean what we think it means. It literally, it literally means that it's going to bring, bring it the rain. It's going to bring it forth, okay? And when it began to bring forth that, that north wind, because we're talking about uh, the winds of God, uh, the judgment, it's the divine judgment of God. Now, when we talk about bringing forth the north wind, what we're going to be witnessing are seasonal changes. Seasonal changes. There's going to come a change where there's going to be conviction, judgment, (laughs) reproof or correction. And you're going to see people beginning to yield, to yield to God. Because, see, the, the, when, the knife, when the north wind begins to do what it is designed to do, then we, we will see the judgment of God. We're going to see wars. And we're seeing a lot of these things now, but it's going to get worse. You remember last week, week before last, we talked about the prelude. Everything that's what we're seeing now is just a prelude of what's coming. Well, you know, now we're seeing the judgment of God is coming. Why do you think that the, 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 the uh, uh, creation, you know, uh, is just going crazy? I mean, the, the waters are going over their boundaries and hurricanes and earthquakes and places that they've never been before. See, all this is, is people don't understand it. They just think it's just the weather. No, that, that's God talking. See, God got more than one side to him. Most of us always want to think about is the loving side of God. Well, let me tell you something. God got another side to him, too. The reason why I know he got another side to him, if you are made in his likeness and his image, don't you have two sides? You got a loving side? Thank you, brother. You caught that, didn't you? You got a loving side and you got a crazy side. We all got it. We are made in his likeness and his image. So if we're, if, if, and since we are his offsprings, then that's what he's, he's got two sides to him. He's got a side of wrath now. You know how it is as a parent. As a parent, thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to break it on down. As a parent, you know you got a loving side, right? But there's some days that them youngins get on your last nerve. And that other side of you comes out. Can I get amen? Amen, amen, amen. Okay. I know the Holy Spirit know how to bust some bubbles. Holy Spirit knows. He knows. He knows. So, so we got to see now what's happening. We're going to see even our greater uh, wars. We're going to see famine, pestilence. You're going to see overthrowing of the kingdoms. There will be a universal wreck of all earthly things. God's about to tear up some stuff. He's about to tear up some stuff. You see, when God moves, God moves. God don't play. God, God does, not, does not play. Now, spiritually, spiritually, the winds are winds of persecution, winds of doctoring, delusions, temptation, infidelity, blasphemy, affliction, adversity, distress, uprooting God's vineyard. The whole purpose is to try to uproot. When the adversary brings all these things, uproot the God in us to uproot us from the vineyard of God. See, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, persecutions has been, been coming. If you've been, if you are truly born again and, and, and you have a, a love and a desire for God, you're being persecuted. <laughs> and, and see, temptation. Somebody said, well, you know, I'm, I'm Christian. Well, Christians do get tempted. Y'all do know that, don't you? Amen. And we, we, we do get tempted because we still got flesh. Amen. The, those things, see, all that is to overthrow the God in you. To overthrow the God in me, okay? And, and, and then I'm, affliction. How many are you going through? I told someone last night, I said, listen, people are going through. People are having difficult times. 
They're going through difficult situations and we still rocking the baby. But people need people to, to give them encouragement, to build them up. It's, it's, just, it's just so very important. You never know what they're going through because we're so busy. Someone told, someone told me yesterday, said, um, at their church, well, I won't say church because we are the church, and they are assembling together that when the preaching is over, they don't really have fellowship. They don't greet one another. They don't say, hello, how you doing? You know, they don't speak. They just all run out the door. I said, excuse me. She said, they all just take off. And I said, okay. And then they say to me, it's just like I don't even have a pastor. I said, excuse me. So they come, they get the word, and take off. You can't get to him. I said, well, excuse me, honey. I said, but it seems like you need Jesus and not him or her, whoever it is. I said, you should be able to communicate with your leader. You should, that should happen. None of us are that important. That important that we cannot fellowship or speak or commune or conversate with our congregation. Come on, y'all. That shows us where we, where, where, supposedly the body of Christ is. They got a bad misunderstanding of what this thing is all about. If I walk up to you and come and say, you might be able to say something to me that you're going through. Or I might can say something to you I'm going through. And you may just have a word for me that will help me along the way. But if I don't ever talk to you or never commune to you, or say, even your smile can brighten up my day. It doesn't take much. When I see people walk through the door and they've been on my heart, I'm smiling. You bring a smile to my face. See, we've got to get beyond this thing that we, you know, we can't be touched. Come on. You still dust? You are still dust. Get back on track. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, still we're going to deal with them four winds. Okay, we dealt with that north wind. The north wind. That north wind, we're going to see major destruction. Major destruction. Now, let's continue, and let's deal with this east wind, the east wind. Let's go to the book of Exodus. We're almost done. We're dealing with these winds now. Exodus chapter number 10. Exodus chapter number 10. We're going to deal with the east wind. You remember they all scattered, right? And in our own lives, we, we, sometimes we have the north wind takes place in our life, the east wind takes place in our life, and then you have the south, the south and the north, okay, the west. Now, it comes down to Exodus chapter number 10, um, and we're going to begin looking at verse number 13, because this is the symbolic of God's judgment, this is the symbol of God's, the judgment of God, what, what happens when it comes down to the judgment of God. Exodus chapter number 10, verse number 13. Verse 13. Let's see what we can get from this, what we can see and we can understand. Exodus chapter number 10, verse number 13. Now, verse 13 says this. And Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt. And the Lord brought a what kind of wind? East wind. Are y'all there in verse number 13? You know. And Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt. And the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought what? Locusts. Okay. All right. Now, for some of y'all, you think it's boring. For some of y'all, you think you don't need it. But in a little while, you're going to need it. 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 Now, let's see what is he talking about here in verse number 13. When he releases that east wind, which is the judgment of God now, because you've got to understand these here are people of God, and the enemy is on their trail. Okay? Now, it goes on and says that the east wind, it, it blew all day and it blew all night, but the east wind brought in something. It said the east wind brought in locusts. Now, locusts there is symbolic of destruction. 
we're going to see destruction. See, that east wind. See, it's, it's a purpose for, for destruction. When things, uh, when things are destroyed, when it's rebuilt, it becomes better. And the people even becomes better. But, however, this east wind will bring in destruction. Now, and looking now at verse number 14 in Exodus chapter number 10, it says, And the locusts, okay, the destruction, this is how severe it is. And the locusts, the destruction, went up over all the land of Egypt. And then the Bible says, And rested in all the coast of Egypt. Egypt is also symbolic of the world. Then it says it was very grievous where they, before them that were no such locusts as they, neither after them shall be such. Now, Lord, what are you saying? He said there will be times of destruction that will be so severe you will never see it ever again. That's how bad it would be. That's what the east wind will bring in. The east wind will bring that in. It says it rested. Does not sometimes it seem like when destruction comes in your own life, it seems like it just sit there sometimes and just rest? Or when some, some problems come in our life, it seems like it just come and, and rest? And it's destroying some things, okay? But, but God sees all things. That's one thing we, we can hold on to. The Lord sees all things. So the east wind brings in destruction. It brought in the locusts, okay? Now, verse number 15, it says this. For they covered. Look at how the destruction is going to be. If, if you can focus in your mind right now all the destruction that's going on in Ukraine, that, that might give you a better picture if you can see it. In your mind. Because I know sooner or later you came across some of those pictures where there were very destruct- a lot of destruction going on. Now that can help us understand or give us a picture of how the things will be in the coming future. Now 15 says, for they covered the face of the whole earth. Talking about the locusts. Locusts are symbolic of destruction. Okay? And it says, so that the land was darkened and they did eat. Every herb of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hell had left, and there remained not any green thing in the trees or in the herbs of the field through all the land of Egypt. In other words, it says dog days are ahead. When it talks about that they ate up every herb of the land, destruction, when destruction comes in your life, it will eat up all that you have. It'll eat it all up. It'll it'll consume it. See, all this comes under that east wind. See, whatever season in your life is, whatever you're going through, you, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit, you can determine what season you're in. Whether it's the north wind blowing, (laughs) whether it's the east wind blowing, whether the south wind is blowing or whether the west wind is blowing. God can tell you that, that from the scripture. He can, he can reveal that. It's, and they consume so much. Isn't it? You know, um, people think I'm crazy because I'm, I'm buying up stuff. Mm-mm. 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 Make sure you got some money, ready cash, put aside. Make sure you got some ready cash, put aside. Make sure you've got a little cupboard somewhere where you've got some food you can go to. Okay? Because it's going to come to that. It's, it's going to come to that. It's going to come to that. I, I'm going to reflect. I'm going to go back on something that the Lord gave us. And some of you, I shared it a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to bring it back again today. Because some that weren't here are here now. On December 26th, when I stood here in this pulpit, and I, I gave you a word that the Lord had given me, and I said, I don't understand it, but I'm going to give it to you. At that time, what the Lord dropped in my spirit was a great economic collapse. Go back to December 26th. You can find it on Facebook. Back up. God told me, back up, Brenda, go listen. Go listen to what I told you. 
And on that, on that message, in that message, it talked about the year 2022. Well, we're going to be experiencing financial hardship going on up into 2023. If you didn't hear it then, go back and take, then you know God's speaking. Forget about Brenda. I am just a piece of, I'm just dust. I'm just a piece of clay. I'm just a mouthpiece. And let me tell you something. Once you put your stuff up and you've told everybody that's what they need to do, don't let them come to your cupboard and get your stuff. Because that's what's going to happen. They will come and they will want what you put up because you obey God and they didn't obey God. And then they want to eat from your table. The devil is a lie. If you hear God now and you'll be obedient, then you're going to be okay. Because I'm going to show you something later on in Scripture too. Thank you. Let me hurry up. Let me hurry up. Let me hurry up. Okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right. The Lord said, get on to us so they can get it. Okay. Now, you got to remember now that dog days are coming. That's going to be a famine. It's going to be a famine. Just Just like it was then, so will it be in the upcoming months. Things going to get worse. Okay? Now, let's look at this south wind. See, God has to come in and he has to set up order. God is setting up order. There has to be a restitution. You see, in this particular time when God, uh, uh, Pharaoh was chasing the people of God, the south wind there, the east wind, not only did it bring destruction, but it brought death, death to the enemy because he drowned Pharaoh and his army, okay? And then it brought deliverance because God's people were delivered after the whole situation was open. Now, let's look at Psalm 78, verse number 26, and we're going to deal with the south wind. We're, going, we're almost done. We're almost done. You can listen to this again on Facebook or sermon.net, whichever. Psalms 78. Psalms 78. And we're going to look at verse number 26. And we're also going to go to Job 37. But right now we're going to look at Psalms 26 because we're going to deal with the south wind. And verse number 26 in Psalms 78 says, he calls an east wind, watch this, watch this. He calls an east wind to blow in the heaven. And by his power, he brought in the south wind. He brought in the south wind. Now, before I begin to tell you about this south wind, let's flip over here to Job 37. Job 37 and verse number 17, for us to get a full understanding of the south wind. It says he brought in the south wind now, okay? He, the, the, the east wind moved in the heavens, then he brought in the south wind. So Job 37, Job chapter number 37, verse number 17 says this. It says, how thy garments are warm when he quieth the earth by the south wind. Remember now, prior to that, that east wind was very destructive. It brought death. It brought famine. But now the south wind, it quiets. It brings a calm <laughs> to the earth. It brings a calm to the earth, the south winds. Now, what, how do I know what season I'm in? I want to be in the south wind, the south wind, okay? Because, see, the south, the south wind, it means renewal, spiritually. We're talking spiritual now. Now, it means a time of peace, a time of quietness, and a time of tranquility. See, after everything that we see that's going on, and even in that, that, that destructive period and everything that's going on, you know, before the coming of the Lord, there's going to be a peace. <laughs> it's going to be a quietness. See, that's that south, south wind moving. See, when you, if you're in a place right now in your life and the things are peaceful, quiet, there's a tranquility, you're, you're in that season of the south wind. 
See, everybody know where they are. Am I in that season? No, have been, but I can't tell you I'm not, not there. I'm not, I'm not, in my inner spirit, in my, in my spiritual man, in my spiritual man, I've got inner peace. Okay? Got inner peace. But when you begin to look at things all around you and, it's, and the situation, the circumstances that the world is in and everything that's going on, it, and if you got any kind of love for people at all, it, it bothers you. It, it, it really uproots you in your heart, you know. Your heart gets heavy for others. But, but see, the main thing is that there will be a time of renewal. I don't want to leave you without no hope. There will be a time of renewal. Even in your own personal life, whatever season you may be in right now, there will be a time of renewal. There will be a time of peace. There will be a time of quietness. There's a song um, that the praise team sings, and it has to do about, you know, being quiet or something, you know, about the voice of God, you know, all the stuff tingling, you know, all the stuff going on just rattles your spirit. But there comes a time when in your own personal life, things are going to quiet down. It's going to be a peaceful time, a very peaceful time, very peaceful time. Now, let's, let's deal now, let's deal with the last, the last of the wind, the winds. And we're going to deal with that west wind. We're going to deal with the west wind, okay? The west, we're going back now to Exodus chapter number 10. We're going back to Exodus chapter number 10. And we're going to deal with the west wind. We've dealt with the north. We've dealt with the east. We've dealt with the south. And now we are going to deal with the west wind. Are we there? Exodus chapter number 10. And we're going to look at verse number 19. Verse 19. Exodus chapter 10. Looking at verse number 19. Are we there? Exodus 10 verse number 19. 19 says... Watch this. And the Lord, who's orchestrating? The Lord. (laughs) We're in Exodus 10. And the Lord turned a mighty, strong west wind, which took away the locusts, the destruction, cast them into the Red Sea, and there remained not one locust, the destruction, in all the coasts of Egypt. See, when, when we get, we're going through all these storms, the Lord is going to start moving in our life. And what he is going to do, he's going to bring forth a west wing in our west wind in our life. And all that destruction, God's going to say, hold up. Because the Bible says he's going to turn a mighty strong west wind. And then verse number 20, verse, uh, verse number 20 says, But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go. That verse is not there. When I read that, I thought about Putin. He's not operating in his own. Every time he gets ready to say he's going to do something, next thing you know, he'll do something different. God's hardening his heart. He don't even know. He's he's just a player in the chess game. He says that's all he is. He's just a player. He has no clue what's going on. He's just a player. Now, look look at verse number 21. Verse 21 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven. We're looking at verse number 21. Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. Remember I told you about dark days are coming? Dark days are coming. Watch this. I'm going to read these next few verses because there's hope here. Verse, verse number 22 says, And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt. How many days? Three days. I mean, that's rough. Darkness. I mean, to, to, the, to the degree, it, 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 it seemed like time just stand still. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's like time standing still, and these are dark days for you. 
But here's hope. Now, I want you to look at the contrast when you, are, when you are the people of God. Now, verse number 23 says this. It says, uh, they saw, ooh, this is, scary. this is scary. They saw not one another, verse 23, neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwelling. You see, if you're in God, when those dark days come, you're going to have light. But if you are not in God, when those dark days come, you're going to be just sitting there. It said for three days, they didn't rise from their place. In other words, it's about like the pandemic was. When you shut in until some of us got rebellious and started going out. Because <laughs> some of us kind of stayed in because we were fearful. But then after a while, we said, okay, I'm going on. Ain't nothing going to happen. We're going to go on out there. And we did. But there's going to come a time when things are going to be so difficult and so hard if you are not in Christ. Because they begin to talk about they sat there three days. Three days they sat there in darkness for three days. And then after the three days, there was just total darkness. Have you ever been in a dark place in your life? Have you ever been in a dark place in your life? When it seemed like there's no hope, it seemed like nothing's going right for you. And you try this and you try that. See those dark days. Y'all remember dark days in your life? See, sometimes we need to reflect on things. Dark days in your life. When you had to go through some dark days and seem like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Dark days. But if you're in God, even in the midst of those dark days, God is going to bring light. Because, see, you got Christ on the inside of you. You got light on the inside of you. You see, you are children of Most High King. You're, you're God's children. And he's going he to keep the light on you. Don't think he's, he doesn't care because he does. He sees and he knows everything that we are going through. But the four winds of God has to come into play. In other words, we're going to begin to experience or begin to see the divine judgment of God. And when you see that, you take, let your mind go back and say, that's one of those winds that's taking place. Watch it. Watch the scripture. Watch what's going to begin to happen in the world. And you're going to really see some things. You're going to be awakened. But then you don't have to have no fear. Because, see, God's going to let the light shine on you. He's going to do that. Okay, what you going through? That light is going to shine. He promised that. That's in his word. So that's very important. The four winds of God. The four winds of God. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Go back. Steady. Please, ma'am. Please, sir. I know it might have twisted our heads a 